everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I am Kyle Bolin. And I am Jason Cavallari. And today we are talking about Azul. Azul. I, I looked and yes, it's uh, tiles, ceramic tiles. Yes. There was some confusion last week about whether we were doing glass or tile right, or yeah. something else. And well, I think I was confusing this game with Sagrada, which is about stained glass. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. I yeah, think I was okay. too actually. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the premise of this game is that the uh, king of Portugal wants you to decorate his palace in beautiful tiles, and you go to factories and buy the tiles, and then do the work of tiling his walls. <laughs> so we're like glorified home reno people. Yes, for points <laughs> for victory. Azul, victory. whoever's made the most beautiful tile pattern. Azul is published by Next Move Games and Plan B Games, designed by Michael Kiesling, artist Philippe Guerin. Was that was that good enough, Jason? I, I'll allow that. Guerin, 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 and uh, Chris Williams, Quilliams. who we have talked about before. Yes, you remember? He a, yes, he of the excellent name. Hooray! <laughs> so. Azul uh, is, it's a pretty simple looking game. It has a pretty simple rule book. It's like six pages long, I think, including, you know, all the, all the non-instruction type stuff. Uh, And somehow it feels like a game that is somehow going to be very complicated or difficult to explain thoroughly through a podcast medium. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I was thinking about how to try and explain it and like, I've never actually had to explain it to anybody. Like, I've had it explained to me, but I feel like it really benefited from having the stuff in front of you. Yeah, playing through it and learning it as you play is really critical for this one. So uh, apologies in advance if this makes no sense at all, because it is very <laughs> difficult to explain. But it's a pretty simple game. Like, you, you play through one round and you get it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's one of those games where you get the rules really quick, and then the strategy is the thing that takes longer to sort of master. Yeah, so yeah, despite the fact that it's difficult to explain in this kind of format, like it's actually not a hard game to play. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, it, it can be a hard game to play well against somebody else that is playing well, mm. uh, if somebody that can already play Azul very well. It's like chess in that way, right? I mean, a lot of games are like this, where it's easy to learn, difficult to master. It's one of those. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so essentially, there's going to be a number of discs laying around the table, and the number of discs is determined by the number of players. Each right. one of those discs is considered a factory, and that's where the tiles come from that you're going to be drafting in this game. Uh, so each factory is going to have basically uh, four tiles randomly picked out of a bag placed on the factory and when it comes around to your turn uh in the in at the beginning of the game there's or i guess the beginning of every round there is a factory phase where everybody takes turns basically drafting tiles from these factories um and when you draft a tile from a factory you draft all tiles of the same color from that factory and then any tiles that are left over then go to the center of the like the sort of circle of factories uh and then those are basically uh you're capable of picking those from the center as well and it's the same rule if you pick like you know all the yellow tiles from the center then you or if you pick yellow from the center you get all the yellow tiles from the center and that sounds awesome because it's like oh i want all the tiles but you don't you want just as many tiles as you have room for on your home board and if you have any more than that it's like tetris where you get a bunch of garbage that counts as negative points at the bottom yeah so what you're really trying to do is maximize the amount of uh the amount of tiles that you can have without going over um because the overage is what's going to cost you yeah yeah Yeah. so 
there's a couple more parts to the game. When you draft a tile, it basically goes to sort of like a holding area, which is on like the left-hand side of the board. And it's kind of shaped like the, the staircase at the end of a Super Mario Brothers level. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, it's a good way of describing it. Yeah. Um, There's like so levels like, and they're, yeah, each one is, is it's shorter than the previous one. Right. And so like each level has a different capacity for the cubes that you're bringing back from the factory. So if you like brought home a whole bunch of blue cubes, if you brought home like four of those, then you're going to want to put those in like the bottom or the second to the bottom uh, row because the, that has the largest amount of room and spaces in it. Uh, right. But there's restrictions there. If there's already a tile of a different color within that row, then you cannot place the tiles you brought back into that row. Uh, they have to go somewhere else. So maybe you've got to move up to your third row, which only has three spaces on it. And now you've got four tiles, right? So only three of those fit. Then the extra cube or the extra tile goes down to this bottom row. That is where all your overage stuff goes. And those are all worth negative points during the yeah. scoring rounds. Yep. Um. So uh, basically, it's, I, I'm a little bit confused. So eventually you're going to move the tiles that you've placed in the holding area over to the, the tile laying area, which is, I guess, where you're making the ceramic whatever for the king. Yeah. Um, and when you place them, you have to there. The, the grid is um, sort of made up of the, the same tile patterns that you yeah, have. It looks kind of like previously. a quilt made from the, the, the five patterns that exist on the tiles. Yeah, and so what you're what really what you're going to do is you're going to move like basically one tile from uh from the holding area to its designated space in that same row on the the tile laying area. Yeah, the quilt looking part. Yeah, and you only do that at during the wall tiling phase, which is after you've basically like brought things back from the factory and put them on the Super Mario Brothers uh yeah. staircase. And you can uh, only do it if the holding if that holding row is full. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So like if it's not all the way full, then those tiles just sit there through that round into the next round. And then you would maybe complete it the next round. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you would. You'd probably you're, you're probably going to lag behind if you're not getting things out there within one or two rounds, uh, you know, things out of a row within one or two rounds. So this round, is so. the thing that I forget is say you have a bunch of blue tiles in the mm-hmm. holding area mm-hmm. um, and the the row next to them, the blue spaces are already covered. Can you put uh tiles in the holding area no if the spaces are already covered no you can't put okay. any any tiles with a pattern or a color onto a row on the super mario brothers ladder super mario brothers staircase if that row already contains a matching color or pattern over okay. on the the right hand side of the board like the quilt side of the board okay yeah i for, i kept forgetting that one yeah, so that's one of the restrictions. So, And that's one of the ways that you kind of screw people over or sometimes screw yourself over is that this is a game that has uh, like a real take that element to it once you kind of get into it. Once you've kind of got the mechanics down and you start to see the underlying strategy, part of it is a take that strategy, you know, like a screw you strategy. Because if you look at what the other person might be going for and then you see like, oh, you know, Jason wants the yellow uh, tiles over here and he doesn't have any place to put the red tiles. If I take those yellow tiles and that sticks him with the red tiles that's all just garbage that goes down to the bottom of his board so that's one way to kind of really excel at this game is to take a look at what the other player needs or maybe is going for obviously and then to make them have to take something else that they have no room for and then they get a bunch of garbage which is negative points yeah the other way to really excel is to just maximize the amount of points you get by actually laying the tiles yeah so whenever you lay a tile you automatically um score basically yeah Um, And they kind of combo because like if if the tile for every tile that that tile is adjacent to orthogonally, meaning like, you know, left, right, up, down, 
uh, it scores a point, and you you score the tile that you placed essentially twice if you're going both horizontal and vertical. Yeah. Uh, so like you go you count like from the top of the column that you just created, like you know one two three, and then you start from the row too, and it's gonna basically double down on the tile that you place. So if you had uh, say like you know two tiles to the left of that tile and two tiles above it, then it's gonna be worth one two three, and then four five six points. Uh, even though there's only like five tiles in that sort of like chain, basically. Yeah. 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 So, and then yeah, so that... you you do this for how many rounds? Like four. Um, until somebody completes a row on the right hand side of the board. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Once somebody completes a row on the right hand side of the board, then that means that that was the final round, and everybody counts up their final score. And so you've been scoring all along on a score track for all the points that you've gotten anytime you move things over from the left-hand side of the board to the right-hand side of the board, as we just described, you know, just counting the number of tiles uh, that are uh, in the row or column connected to the, the tile that you just placed. But then in addition to that, there are some bonus points that you get at the end of the game. You get points for, you get two points, an additional two points for every complete row that you have at the end of the game, which is pretty weak sauce. Like, like that's oh, yeah. what triggers the end game, but it's worth the least amount of points at the as far as the end game scoring goes. You get seven points for every complete column that you get. Mm-hmm. So one of the strategies you can take in this game is to try to complete as many columns as you can before trying to complete any rows so that if you might you might be trying to get ahead of the other players on columns because that's maybe like the next easiest thing to complete mm-hmm. and it sort of like deters them from trying to end the game early if you're already ahead on columns because you're probably going to win the game unless it's been you know unless you've been really lagging behind just on the normal like yeah. uh, round around scoring yeah. uh, and then there's a third way that you can get some extra points at the end and that's if for every tile that you laid down all five of so like there's five spaces for black on the final board there's five spaces for blue there's five spaces for every type of tile so it's like a five by five grid so there's 25 spaces on the board uh, for every one of those that you completed all five spaces spaces for you get an additional 10 points and i think that's probably the hardest to do it's the yeah. one that i see happening the least often in the games that i've played yeah it's pretty hard to do yeah um especially especially before somebody actually ends the game right yeah 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 um and it tends to be a pretty quick quick playing game i think that they rate this as like 25 to 35 minutes yeah, or I'd something say that's like accurate. that yeah 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 i i it's usually one of those games where i i lay it down even if I'm explaining it to somebody for the first time, we can usually bang a game out within like 30 minutes. And it's usually one of those games where you're like, hey, why don't we play again? And it usually leads to a second or sometimes an even third game. Yeah. Um, that's been my experience with this game. Oh, yeah. Every time I've played it, we've ended up playing it multiple times in a row. Yeah. Um, just because, A, it's a good game. <laughs> and I enjoy mm-hmm. playing it. And B, it plays really fast. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's... um physically small you could probably throw this in a backpack very easily it's not the smallest box in the world but it's definitely not you know one of those normal 12 by 12 boxes it's you know probably like what like an 8 by 8 inch box yeah yeah so like not quite as small as like a travel game but it's definitely small enough that you could throw it in a backpack or a messenger bag and you could play it you know um at a lunch break at work or Mm-hmm. You know, in between classes at school or, or wherever. So that's a kind of a cool thing about it. It's it's, it's very portable. Um, it's very quick. So I, I think those are two of the main strengths of this game compared to a lot of the other games we talk about that are way more involved and take two hours to play and yeah. you know have a heavy setup. This this game sets up in like three minutes. So yeah. <laughs> no well, and deal. most of the setup is done like 
every round when you draw new tiles from the bag so it's right. not even yeah 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 i mean really the setup for the game is just in the beginning of any round so yeah, yeah. it doesn't even really feel like setup yeah. it's just as long as it takes to pull four tiles out of a black out of a bag randomly and put them on as many as many factories as you have you know mm-hmm. around the table yeah yeah so this is a euro game i guess so yeah yeah i mean it's, it's abstract <laughs> at the very least I mean, yeah i mean let's let's be honest it has a theme but the theme is bull <laughs> yeah 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 um relevant uh this is a this is an abstract euro game that i actually really like Mm -hmm. um i i don't know what i i think because it's sort of simple enough um Mm -hmm. and fun enough and quick enough to play that i don't mind the fact that i'm sitting there basically sort of maximizing points with colored tiles as opposed to marching an army on the field or something yeah yeah it's um it's low stress it's pretty chill uh, you can have that sort of like screw you element where you're like, oh, dang it. But it's not as stressful as like, I don't know, when you've been building a huge tableau or like in Food Chain Magnet, when you've been working for like an hour and a half at building some sort of company and now you're making zero dollars every turn. Like that's really right, frustrating. Yeah. In this game, you're always going to be making points. Nobody can take points away. Well, I guess you can take points away because you can you know throw negative points at somebody. But yeah. you're always going to be probably in the positive here. I've never seen anybody just like with a completely tanked score at the end of this game. Um, and yeah, I feel like no, it, I've never seen that. Yeah, and I, and I feel like it has a similar sense of satisfaction that I was describing when we were talking about Feast for Odin, where, like, kind of, like, bringing something back and, like, finally finding a place to kind of, like, put everything and kind of having, like, you know, a design that you had in mind come together can be a very satisfying moment, and this game provides that often. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I like about this game is that there's, you know, there's a heavy element of randomness because the tiles that you have to choose from are randomly pulled from a bag every turn, but since the there's like so many choices like there's a, basically a ton of factories that you place tiles on um again it sort of depends on the number of people are playing but you know we played with three people and it seems there's like six factories yeah, or something that's probably right um and so even though the tiles that are chosen are random and you don't know what's going to come out of the bag there's going to be a wide variety of choices available yeah. um so so as you were saying before, like you're, you're never going to have a turn where there's nothing out there that you're going to want. Right. You just may not get like that one row complete this turn that you really wanted to get complete uh, because it was going to create this awesome combo for you. That may not happen, but it'll happen next turn. Yeah. <laughs> or or it'll happen at the expense of getting some extra garbage down at the bottom of your board. You know, you kind of have to weigh the the the, the cost benefit here of taking some points that are maybe going to be worth 12 points total but maybe it's going to come with you know like four negative points when you do it because you've got to take you got to take tiles from the center of the table now and it's going to come with six tiles when really you only needed four you know like that sort of a thing so there's a lot of decision making to happen that that happens during this game and, and it's really i think it's really satisfying um in that sense that the, the decisions you're making are interesting and they're satisfying with um the outcomes are satisfying. Yeah, and even the the negative points, like if you happen to have some overage with with your tiles and you get negative points, they're not like extremely punishing. 
I think if you filled the whole thing, it's pretty punishing. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're, like, really wasteful about it, then yeah, but, like, one or two is not going to break you. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah, that's a thing, like, because if you take the, if you're the first person to pick from the center of the table, you take what's called the first player marker. That goes down to, like, the garbage line, basically. So, it's a negative one point during the scoring round. And anytime I've ever explained the game to people, they're like, well, I don't want to take that. I don't want to be the first person to take from the center of the table. And I always have to say, <laughs> it's really no big deal. Yeah, like, the benefit, the benefit of getting, like, to pick first at the next round and the cost of having a negative one point uh, i think that you're definitely like coming off in the positive there because you're going to have a much better choice and one point is not a big deal in this game at all like it's a game that's going to end up in the high dozens of of numbers in terms of the score so one point every now and then is not going to make a difference yeah and it's sort of uh, like taking from the middle uh is sometimes a really good benefit because often you can fill like an entire row with like one grab yeah, yeah. Which Stuff you can't really, really do if you there. grab from the factories. Yeah, because yeah, colors, discarded colors pile up uh, right. beyond four. And a lot sometimes. of times, especially like in the in the later rounds of the game, people are really picking and choosing smaller numbers from the outside factories because they're just trying to finish off a row that held over from the previous round. Yeah. So all those extra tiles that then aren't getting picked are going to the center. And so the center just has like a ton of tiles in it all the time early, you know, with after like two or three factories have been picked over. Uh yeah, so I mean, like you can you can do some really cool stuff with the center, uh, or it can really screw you over if you get to the end of the <laughs> round. And there's eight orange cubes in there, or red or whatever, and you don't have anywhere for those to go. And hey, guess what? They're all coming home with you, right? Yeah. At the very at the very least, you're going to be wasting three of them. Yeah, yeah. Because if least. your five row is completely open, you could put them all there. Right. I mean, but there there have been games where. I or the opponent that I was playing against wound up like basically filling their entire row at once with just like, you know, with that last pick in the, yeah. in the factory phase of the game because you had nowhere for that color that nobody picked over to go at, mm-hmm. at the end of the round. So that yeah. can happen, um, yeah. but it's rare. It's rare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I really enjoy this game. Um, it's one of the games that my husband also likes because he tends to like more of the abstract, um, you know, in some ways, mathy type games. Uh, like Splendor, for example, is one of his favorite games. Um, and I like this one because it's um, it's really tactile. Like the the pieces are uh, the yeah. tiles themselves are like nice plastic yeah. bits. They're really um, thick, chunky, um, really well designed acrylic tiles. Yeah, so it's sort of a really satisfying like tactile experience. Uh, the the experience of like building the tableau and having you know this this design come together. Um, and the fact that it plays relatively quickly, um, all sort of make it a really big win for me. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the whole here is greater than the, some of the parts, I think mm. the, yeah, because yeah. the mechanics themselves aren't necessarily like terribly interesting or complex, but yeah, yeah. like the, the satisfaction you get from that, um, you know, from the speed of the game, the ease of the game, the the depth of the strategy of the game, the joy of how nice the components are, how beautiful the game is to look at. I mean, it's a gorgeous game to look at. Yeah, There's like pretty. there there are few games out there that look this nice to just look at. You know, like it looks like a piece of art. Um, all of that I think adds up to something that is greater than the sum of its parts. And so it's one of those games where you look at it and you're like, eh, that that looks all right, I guess. But then you play it and you're like, wow, that was that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of the experience that i had with it too it was because i saw it and i saw what it was about and i was like oh it's gonna be this euro game and right yeah whatever else but um but yeah but when i actually like 
played it and somebody explained it to me and i was like oh this isn't that you know it's not that complex to learn it's it's mm-hmm. a fast playing game um and, you know it actually turned out to be pretty fun <laughs> it's kind of surprisingly enjoyable you know yeah yeah very much <laughs> or surprising in how enjoyable it is yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it too. Uh, my wife likes it. We've played it several times. I've played it with a bunch of other people. Um, and everybody I've played with likes this game. So it Good. seems like a, a big crowd pleaser. Good choice. <laughs> it's not super expensive either. You can get yeah, I was just going to ask, how much does it run for? Um, I'm guessing MSRP is like around like 40 or something like that. Uh, okay. Obviously, you know, that always means that you can get it for a little cheaper if you're buying online or, yeah. you know, from a discounted a brick and mortar store but yeah I, i'm not exactly sure how much i could probably look it up right now and see how much <laughs> hello internet yeah i know right everybody loves <laughs> hello uh, computer 40 dollars. i was right on the money yeah, there nice yeah do, 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 do. yep do, 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 do. <laughs> so you know in in today's board game price that's not that bad <laughs> how awesome would it be if they had like an all board game edition of the prices right i would miss it because i haven't watched the prices right since i was like a little kid so i guess that'd be awesome it for hasn't changed all... much <laughs> know what though i actually was in a uh, a restaurant recently that had it on in the morning and i noticed that there was a shirtless male model instead of just the the lady models hey nice so that Progress. was something yeah right <laughs> plus drew carey so that's yeah. different yeah is Bob right. still alive uh i have no idea <laughs> Probably I mean, he was like a hundred like right? ten years yeah. ago. <laughs> Nothing can kill Bob Barker. Right? Yeah, he is the Everman. Yes. <laughs> All right. So thumbs up from us on Azul. Azul, uh, <laughs> go out and try it out. Jason, did we have any emails? <laughs> we did not. Sadly. Oh, I know. Wah, wah. I, I might know. have to edit that out because <laughs> <laughs> you were all excited. I know. I just expected there to be some. Oh well. No. Okay. Well, we got to decide. Uh, what are we doing next week? Is it gonna be? Is it gonna be the game? The game. The game. I feel like, yes, it will be the game. The only game we have left to talk about, I think. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Nemo's War. Are we talking about Nemo's War next week? Yeah. Okay. Next week, everybody, we will be talking about Nemo's War, a board game about being a crazy submarine captain and going around and blowing up ships for some reason. (laughs) Or at least trying to. (laughs) At least trying to. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in one week. All right. Later. Bye.